Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth Order Podcast. Peeps with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hi, friend. Irene. And <laughs> Here we are. Look what at if that you said somebody else's name? That was a big stretch, wasn't it? I was, that was a big was, stretch. I needed a stretch. Look it's at those early guns. in the morning here. Look at those. Look at those jazzercise guns. Yeah, thanks. I'm. Yeah, they're like really um, having us work our upper body. That is this great. Month, so that is mm-hmm. good news. It feels really good, and um, and it just feels good to go back to the gym and like dance it out with oh, everybody. Man. So I'm not. It's good. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. We're not there yet. We're still in lockdown. I, I feel like this is the forever lockdown here in the province of Ontario. It is. Um, the ladies at Jazzercise were talking about that actually because <clears throat> a lot of them have family in Canada. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, the, they're like, well, the borders are still closed, right. you know." And they're, you know, obviously that's exactly how they sound. I saw your um, Instagram post the other day of like, "Where in the world is Katrina?" And it's had like your American yeah. flag, and then I read your caption, and it's like, "And you'll notice that I'm in some parts of Canada." And I was like, I wanted to comment and be like, "No, bitch, you're not in any parts of no. Canada because the the border is closed." I'm getting my vaccine today after this podcast and we've got our meeting and then I'm going to get my my I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. And the whole reason I haven't had my vaccine yet is because I've had these like weird allergic reactions and hives. So yeah. um, how are your hives doing, by the way? I still I still have them, but at least now I have yeah. a diagnosis. Which you're the first person in the world that I'm sharing with. Wait, um, what? Yes, you would do. I do. What? Yes. So they did a series of blood tests and they found that I had some elevated ANA levels and that I had some strange proteins that were elevated. So they thought, you know, it could be lupus, which is not really a thing. It's kind of just a a combination of things, uh, which came back as negative. Um, And then they thought I had Sjogren's, um, which could still be a possibility, but we're not entirely sure about that just yet. But the official diagnosis, then they thought I had lymphoma. So they made me get a chest mm. x-ray yesterday and that mm. came back negative. So the official diagnosis is what we originally anticip- thought it was. And it's um, idiopathic uticaria, which is basically just oh. unknown reasons for hives. Yeah. And it you have last- hives and we don't know. Right. Why. Congratulations. You now have a, an official title for it. So that's exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. I mean, I'm happy that I don't have Sjogren's or that I don't have lymphoma or that I don't have lupus. Like those are all good things to not have. Um, but anyway, so the molar of the story is I was waiting mm-hmm. for my docs, which I've been seeing like a million different docs to give me like a thumbs up to say, yeah, like go and get your vaccine, like no concerns, which we all knew, like there would be no concerns anyways. But I had a weird situation happen yesterday at the office that I don't know what to do with. Patient called in and um, would like to be seen by individuals who have not received the vaccine. And I'm like, and I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's so many, so many things that I'm not allowed to know about. Like, I'm not allowed to ask my team Hey guys, who here is being vaccinated? Who has it? Like that's volunteer information. So I I will keep you updated on that because I actually haven't called the patient back yet. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I'd love to know the rationale. I mean, yeah, I haven't called the person back. I mean, I get. I the only rationale that I've been playing in my mind is that if someone has been vaccinated, their symptoms would be perhaps lowered. But then hmm. a normal person could be a carrier and walk around right. symptomless. So. Right. I'm that. So I was like fighting myself on that rationale. But anyways, huh. I'll keep you posted because I don't know. Yeah, I'm very curious. But I'm getting my vaccine today. So I'm excited about this. Very exciting. And I'm also Congratulations, concerned. Irene. Thanks. You're concerned about what? Oh, I don't know. I'm just concerned that I'm going to be sick afterwards because I usually am very oh, sensitive yeah. to vaccinations. The The typical trend has been the first vaccine you just get the sore arm situation. Yeah. Um, and then it's the second one <clears throat> that a lot of people were reacting with. But yeah, actually, I didn't. I got the sore arm, but I didn't even have any symptoms. I didn't have any issues um, with the second vaccine. So when Chris had his first one, he just felt tired after he was like came home and he was like kind of drained for a couple hours. Yeah. 
But then again, mm-hmm. that's just a regular Tuesday for me. I watched seven episodes of Selena last night. <laughs> Selena, you're so dumb. Season two came out. Have you not seen season one? No. Bitty bitty no. bum bum, bitty bitty bum bum. Oh my gosh. I was like dancing on the couch all by my like I no. should have gotten up and actually done a dance party, but I was like cocooned in my so blanket good. with blue. Yeah, it's a lot more comfortable. I was comfortable. just shimmying around. What? No, I'm excited because the sweetest thing is on Netflix, which is like I'm so excited about what it. What is so the sweetest thing? It. You haven't seen the sweetest thing? You haven't seen Selena? I why well, <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Dang it. She is a legend. And there's like like, a little cameo of like this little girl that comes on and it like shares the story of how Beyonce was obsessed with Selena. And like there's this like young girl on the show that like passes by Selena at a shopping mall. And it was her mom that was there. And she was like, Beyonce knows like you are better than everyone. Like, da 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 da. Like, tell her you're a singer. And then, um, it was kind of cute that like, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Fun facts with oh. Selena. Oh, bae. Oh, bae. Oh, bae. The sweetest thing. Okay, I'm going to so add good. that to my list. The sweetest thing after, yeah, it's it's a movie from like, I mean, it must be the early 2000s. I, a, I don't have a piece of paper. To, I, I have my new my new CDHO milestones here, so I'm going to use it as a notebook. That's, you have to, you have to add that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's um, with Cameron Diaz and uh, Christina Applegate's in it. And um Selma Blair's in it. Oh wow, that's a cast. It's yeah, that's a it's, cast. It's just a fun little ditty, if you oh. will. But yes, I've I've been, you know, I'm going through my kitchen reno right now. Yeah, how's that going? So it's so funny because people talk about like living in their house through renovation, and you always think like, okay, Julie, you're being a little extra because they like complain about how inconvenient it is. Yeah, until you like live it. <laughs> And then you're like, okay, maybe that makes sense. Like, I don't have a kitchen sink right now, which doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. But it also kind of is when you're like, you know, drinking coffee and then you're like, where do I wash my coffee cups? So I've been going into the uh, into my practice to like wash my coffee cups. No way. You don't have a neighbor like that you're friends with? Um, In Phoenix, like we're not really like super neighborly. Really? Yeah, like we're not why over. I don't is it because you have I, four dogs? No, I I think it's we have like concrete walls in between our yards, and I think that like back in the Midwest, the ending of your yard was like wherever that line was that your dad stopped cutting the grass. Do you know right. what I mean? Like that was yeah. the Midwest, and like it was a bit more open, and everyone, you know, it's not really like that in Phoenix, but oh. um, it, yeah, I've got. It's just it's been crazy. Like everything is gutted in in that like portion of the house, and of course the dogs are like super curious. So they like want to go plumbing in there. anywhere in your house. I mean, I have plumbing. Like in I I can, can use you just my wash bathroom your coffee sink. cup in the sink in the washroom. Uh, washroom. You mean like like a laundry room? No, like we're. What you oh, like a restroom? <laughs> yes, I was talking about washroom. <laughs> is that a I can. Thing? It's just. That's the thing that's, it's just, it's different because you're used oh, okay. to like taking your dishes and Got like it. piling it up by I the think, sink. I feel like my instinct would be to like find another on-site water source than to like put everything in a box and take it to the office. Yeah. Just I mean, be my, but you are Katrina. You like to do things differently. I just do things differently. Yeah. I, yes. I can wash at coffee cup, but like yeah. I you do protein right. shakes throughout the day. Right. Then even like in Phoenix, this is interesting too. We don't drink water directly out of the tap. It's, it doesn't taste very good. It's really? very high in mineral content. We usually um, drink either bottled water or run our water through like our refrigerator our yeah. system or whatever. And so like, I don't, I don't have water going through my refrigerator right now because oh. I don't have a refrigerator. So, you know, just it's like it's yeah. things like that, you know, that just it's an adjustment. So but it'll but be beautiful. My hope is it'll be beautiful. They're like they were making so much noise that I've had to work in alternative locations. So um, stay tuned. It's quiet right now because it's the calm before the storm. Mm. Well, well, we have an episode. Let's let's get into our episode. Let's um, do it. Do I even have to ask if you would like a song or a yeah, dance? I was just I want a song. Yeah. Okay. I, I ask anyways I just to, to be polite, but okay. Here yeah. we are. But you know, got it queued up. We're ready to go. Here, here, here is the song. Okay. You're so dumb. 
Oh, okay. That one is good. Thank la, la, you. La, la, I get la, it. La, la, la. Holly. Like, Holly. <laughs> no. Okay. Thank you. I I'm get just, it. I'm just, I, I mean, in the last few were you would have to collect, connect the dots to find the parallels to come up yeah. with the Pythagorean theum, theorem. Yeah. So I, I made this one really easy for you. Thank you for my simple brain. Yeah, for your simple, simple, Thank br- brilliant you. mind. Um, Holly, Holly Ann Mitchell is yes. is the the human that we interviewed, who was very cool, and I I was very quiet during this episode because <laughs> she was like speaking to my soul a little bit, I and I was like, how do I? I have nothing to say to this. Like, I am completely guilty of being controlled by my calendar and controlled yeah. by where I am and who I see based on like my mm-hmm. people. I've got people now. I never had mm-hmm. never had people before. So I was yeah. very quiet because I was like, I have nothing to contribute. I am completely guilty. And these two humans on this call are better humans than I am. No. Yes. No. It's not yes. about any one person being yes. better. Snap queen. It's not about any one person being better. I think it's it's this is like what Holly and is so she's so good at it. It's about awareness, you know, yeah. and it's in those moments when you first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is look at your calendar versus like petting your dog that you're right. like, ooh. Like, what is the value, you know? And so I'm excited for this episode to air because I think it's really good for our listeners, especially those that are starting to feel kind of depleted or burnt out. This is kind of that interesting lull time of year where it's like we're transitioning out of spring and into summer and things are just happening as they're happening. This is a great episode and I'm excited for for you guys to hear it and hear her and hear her message. All right, peeps. Well, so here is the episode with Holly and Mitchell, and we will catch you on the flip side. On the flippity flip. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hello, Hi, my cheese, my cheese mongering, wine sipping, lovely yes. lady. I love, I love how many people shared their like wine and cheese experience this past weekend. Yes. I feel like, I feel like in the in the retail world, there's always the like you find that one product that everyone loves. Like our scrub caps, like fly off the shelf. In the yeah. speaker world, it's like you find your one lecture that everyone like loves. Um, Mm -hmm. and ask for it like repeatedly. I feel like you found like not only your lecture, but like your experience. Thanks, Irene. I will tell you, do you want a a little behind the kimono? Um, Because it was, it looked fabulous. (laughs) I I would, I prefer behind the kilt because I know behind the kimono, they still wear underwear, but I'd like the behind the kilt Uh, of you. I'll I'll give you the behind the kilt. I'm going to scratch my hives while I do it. Um, My hives are terrible today too. They're all over me. Um, so it was, it, it looked fabulous, but it, um, shipping wine to like 160 oh. people and trying to get it to them before the event without anything breaking, um, oh. easier said than done. It, let's just yeah. say it was not a cute look for me, but people got oh, their yeah. wine and everybody was happy. And I mean, come on, wine and cheese. Like you can't go wrong. And CE. Do you have to like, do you have to like bottle it in like plastic next time? Cause they do have plastic wine bottles. Yeah, they do. We just, you know, we had an issue with the, the company itself. Um, they did a great job. The wine was amazing, but the, the labels that go on the little mini bottles, yeah. the label maker got COVID. So they didn't have labels. What? So wait, yeah. Yeah. Stop. And then my, actually my winemaker's father passed. So it was like, it was, it was just these, you know, these things that happen that you're like, okay, the universe just doesn't want this to happen, but it's going to happen anyways. So things got shipped out. Not all the wine bottles had labels on that. We just, it was, it was quite a kerfluffle of sorts, but at the end of the day, everybody got wine and really that's all that matters. Like just, it was good. And it was a lot of fun. I think, um, you know, kudos to Colorado. Um, we had uh, Alyssa Aberly on last week and kudos to Colorado for being super futuristic and 
you know, wanting to try something different and do this virtual wine tasting, it would have been a lot easier if I could have just shown up with, a you know, several bottles and, um, you know, poured right in the room with everybody. So this, these are the challenges. These are the things we work through. And, um, you know, I think it's such a fitting story for our guest that we happen to have, um, because, uh, and, and I'm so grateful to have her, but she, she's certainly an expert on, um, uh, making the the best out of situations that uh, oftentimes can be uh, challenging and smiling through <laughs> smiling through the pain and um, I feel like and you working know more than it. I do right now. Like I feel like you're like you're speaking to to personal stories that I I, I feel I like I don't know about right now, and I'm but like you, really but this upset is how about you are. This. This, but is, this is this how is, I am. I don't want to know. You, yeah. you want to right? You want to learn as you go. So right. I, I'm excited to um, bring on our guest, the amazing Holly Ann Mitchell. She is a, a speaker. She is a coach. Um, she is, uh, Irene, have you met someone who um, is has an expertise in neurolinguistic programming? No, I also have never met anyone's favorite color is orange. So yeah, today's a cool it, day. yeah I know she's, she's like, yeah. she's the so beautiful. One special today. I haven't, I have yet to meet anyone who does neurolinguistics and, or likes orange and or is the same person. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, Holly Ann Mitchell is, um, she's, uh, an expert in the mental health and awareness space and, um, really helps guide uh, professionals through, you know, creating some lasting opportunities for us to really focus in on our mental health, which I think you and I covered in hives this week <laughs> can, um, absolutely learn from. So with that, uh, welcome Holly and Mitchell to oh our gosh. podcast. We're oh so excited gosh. to have you. Thank you. I was laughing before we even pressed record and that's always such a good, <laughs> such a good start. I, uh, you know, one of the first things I said when, when I was getting on was, should we talk about how we're all crazy? And then yeah. you started talking about wine, which I was like, Oh gosh, I have a wine question for, for Katrina. So I have, I am in the process of desoberizing myself. Wow. A, that is a word I'm making. I've, up. Yeah, that's a new term for me. Desoberizing. Yes. yes. Is that so, the same as becoming sober? Or is that it's I think it's, it's the, the Benjamin opposite. Button version of becoming sober. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So <laughs> I have not had a, a, any alcohol it, for five years. That's why your skin looks so good. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> secret hack. So my one of my clients got an IPL laser treatment done. And like, I just couldn't stop staring at her skin because oh. I, I, and every time I saw her, I was like, you look gorgeous. You look gorgeous. <laughs> like I couldn't stop looking at her. And she was like, oh my God, stop telling me I'm gorgeous and just go do it. Here's a gift card. Go see my dermatologist. And she basically like paid for the majority of the treatment for me. I want so I friends got, like that. Yeah, I, right? I know. So Irene. I, I went <laughs> a, a week and a half ago and I got IPL laser done. You guys, it was the most painful thing in my life. Was <laughs> like, it? I, you know, I told you're supposed to do IPL laser in the winter months because your son is super susceptible to the sun after. Well, oh. I'm wearing a lot of sunscreen. I've always been a good sunscreen girl because I have skin cancer in my family. So we're super mm -hmm. fair, you know, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the Irish, the, the Irish. We're supposed to be in the mist, not in the sun. <laughs> but so I went and got this IPL and, you know, the dermatologist comes in. She's a New York dermatologist. She's just kind of straight to the point. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's seven minutes. You'll be all right. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. It was like getting my entire face tattooed for seven oh, no. minutes straight. <gasps> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, every time she touches me, I'm like squirming and jumping out of the chair. So I had to, I had to use self-hypnosis on myself because it was so, cause I'm a hypnotist. Oh, we yes. didn't, we didn't yes. talk about that. I mean, yes. you didn't well, know okay. yet. Okay. Okay. Hold on a sec. Hold, this, hold, hold on. I we know need to, this is what we I need mean. to rewind. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> yeah. We need to rewind. Um, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Can okay, we start from Irene the beginning, the Holly? Irene's going to do the thing? thing. Yeah, can we do the thing back to where you actually lived in Florida, like back when you were like, what What was like little Holly like in elementary school? Like, were you a cool kid or did you like, were you in the band? Which also the cool kids are in the band because um, Katrina's a cool kid and she was in the band. What, what, was, what was your like, yeah, before dentistry, before all of the 
the stuff? Like, what, what, let's do a throwback here. Oh, I was in a lovely, anxious, neurotic child. Uh, I had no friends. I ate lunch in the yearbook room. <laughs> but I had like, I had always had all of this energy and my, my parents, God bless them. They put me to bed every night at seven 30 cause they just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there was just, I was just a lot. I was just a lot. And even for my peers, I was a lot. Um, I, I used to have this fascination with words. I learned how to read when I was really little. And, and so here's a secret about me when I was little, I was blind and nobody knew it. Funny story, weird story. So I go to school. I learned how to read when I was like four years old. And so I went to kindergarten knowing how to read, but I I would read the books and they'd be right up against my face. And I I just loved them because I couldn't see, except I didn't know that I couldn't see because it was the only, how are you supposed to know you're blind? You're just, you know, the, these blobs that you're seeing, that's just the world. How, how else will you know? And so I go to school and the nurse sends me home with a note that says, your daughter needs to go to the doctor. Oh, no. (laughs) My mom was like, yeah, right. So she takes me to the eye doctor and the eye doctor is like, well, if your daughter had been born in the time of the dinosaurs, she would have been eaten by now. Oh, no. (laughs) So they gave me glasses and. I go to school and I remember seeing my friends' faces for the first time. I remember seeing leaves on the trees for the first time, not like these like colored green blobs. And I walked into our home after that eye doctor and I said, mom, there's a pattern on the carpet. And my mom goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like it's like those YouTube YouTube videos that you see with like men that are colorblind and their yep, wives yep. buy them those colorblind glasses and they just start bawling. It's like, it's, you're it's a like real that. life version of one of those, <laughs> like those Facebook ads. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things about this is it gave me a superpower of listening and a superpower of like feeling people. So, cause I learned how to recognize people by the sound of their voice. So mm. actually when I walk through the world now, I, I don't really look like, I just don't really use my eyes. I, I bump into things sometimes. I'm not the best at parking a car. <laughs> you know, there's, <laughs> there's things that are lingering from those early childhood traumas, but, but so is everything. Right. And, and what I love about that story is there's so much of life that sometimes you open a door to a world you didn't even know existed. And, and that's why I, that's one of the things I love about hypnosis. And, uh, and, and so that's what it reminds me of every time, because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I'm desoberizing myself to come back to the, why I'm crazy and, and the wine thing. So five years ago, I went on this quest for my own health and happiness because all of this childhood neuroses and I had anxiety disorder and panic attacks that that I was working through. And it terrified my mother because she didn't know how to deal with all of the the intensity of my emotions and and the intensity that was me. And so I just thought that was how I was. There wasn't anything I could do about it. You know, I worked Mm -hmm. around it. And I had phobias and things like that. So I just kind of tried to live my life, avoiding the things that would trigger me. And, uh, and then I, then I found out about neurolinguistic programming and that you could rewire your brain and that you didn't have to be anxious all the time and that you could do things to prevent anxiety and depression. And it, and it was like opening a door. And so at that moment, I made this like vow to myself that I would prioritize my health and happiness and so I, I, I had this weekend where I was at a summer camp for adults. This is where I had this aha moment. So I'm there in, for four days in the woods, no technology. You're just supposed to be a kid 
for four Wait, days. Can, yeah, can we, yeah, uh, let's unpack this. So did you like, I, this is what I'm thinking. It's like, what's that k- camp heavyweights where like, there's like a blob and every, you know what I mean? And like, people, is that, is that what it was like? Were you guys just like out in the woods counting the rings of trees to see how old they were? Like, what, what is that adult camp like? So you get off the bus and there are all these weirdos playing instruments. <laughs> and I say weirdos with like so much love in my heart because I know at the core of me, that is who, that is me. I am the, I am a weirdo. I am one of the weirdos uh, because the weirdos change the world, don't they? They sure um, do. And so they're playing all these instruments and they and they bring us into this place to, to give up our technology. And there are these people in like hazmat suits, like taking your phone away from you. <laughs> Can you imagine, Irene? I, I want to picture Irene handing over her technology. <laughs> I would <laughs> look open at her face. up my bag and be like my bag. And she I would, would just be, be crying. Like, and then here's this one iPhone and the other iPhone and my iPad here's, and my MacBook and my watch and, and my here my earphone. Yeah, yeah it would yeah. be it would be like like I was here a clown buttons. just pulling out <laughs> pulling out like silly snakes out of my bag. <laughs> then they take you to a naming ceremony because you're not supposed to use your real name and you're not supposed to talk about work or say your age or anything. You're because you're a kid. No way! Wow. Cool. I want to be Katrina. Can I be Katrina? I'm going to be Irene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they, everybody was allowed to choose whatever name you want, but most of them would choose things that reminded them of their childhood. And so my Hmm. name was pocket. That's what I named myself. Pocket. Like Polly Pocket? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like Polly Pocket. When I got on the bus, when I was a kid, at people used to, cause Holly, uh, Polly pocket dolls is a little blonde blonde kid. And so they called me Holly pocket and also I'm musical. So like in the pocket. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, I'm going to name myself pocket. And there are people to this day that only know me as pocket. Like they call me like, Hey pocket. Right. So, yeah. So we renamed ourselves this camp. I kind of want to go there. I'm going to go to this camp. I know it's called yeah. Camp Grounded. Um, camp Grounded. They, they had to cool. shut it down because of COVID. Mm. Right. Well, but really magical place anyway. So I go to this camp and this is where I have my spiritual awakening slash existential crisis where I'm like, all my life is, is work, work, work. All I am is work, work, work. And I feel like I lost the childhood essence of who I am. And so I have to change everything because I can't do anything just kind of like, you know, gradual. I'm one of those people that just is kind of extreme when I go in on something for better or for worse. I, when I've left jobs, when I've left relationships, you know, it's like, I jump out the window. I don't go down the stairs. (laughs) And so (laughs) I came back to New York after that weekend and I broke up with my boyfriend after eight and a half years. I moved out of my apartment. I became a vegan. I stopped drinking and I was like only health and happiness, only joy, because if not like the soul of me is going to die. And so the last five years has been this incredible journey of peeling back the layers of the life that I was living for others. And so now where are we? How do we get to the desoberization? I recognize that some of the habits that I had committed to have now become their own kind of prison. Mm. And so I'm like, well, if I eat an egg, like nothing bad is going to happen to me. If I eat a piece of bread or I drink half a glass of wine, like it doesn't mean that I'm going to be unhappy and unhealthy anymore. And so now any, anytime I break a pattern in my life, it's for the better, right? It, it, it opens up my brain and rewires me in a different way for whatever's coming next. And so I've, I've started to reintroduce wine nice. on occasion and good, good. It feels good. That's amazing. And and Holly, one thing that you said that I think so many of us, um, you know, when you hear it, it makes sense. But as human beings, we're so conditioned to patterns, and sometimes those patterns are positive ones. Sometimes they're negative. And what you had shared after you had had your awakening after adult camp and coming back and. And it really, you have, I mean, pun intended, you have, you have a different lens on, right? You're looking at the world differently and you start to see some of the things that 
are toxic, some of the things that maybe aren't serving you. And the problem is we get into a habit where these patterns feel comfortable for us that we almost lack the wherewithal or the ability to stand back and look from kind of a bird's eye view of what our world is to evaluate what is and is not serving us. So I love that you had that moment five years ago when you started to kind of peel that back. And you and I have certainly connected on that. You know, I've, I've been through my own journey where it's like, okay, that's not serving me and I need to move on. What are some things that you'd say? Because I know a lot of our, our listeners, you know, may have something in the back of their head that they're like, gosh, I, I, I'm, I know that this is a routine pattern. This is something that I do need to break. What are some things that, that, we can do to have that bird's eye view. If we can't go to adult camp, what are some ways mm-hmm. that we can, you know, kind of reflect on some of the patterns that maybe have felt comfortable, but are not serving us? Well, I think any change can create a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. So really what happened in that weekend was I pulled myself out of my environment and my routines. Mm. And, and sometimes this happens when we go on vacation Right. And we're like, oh, I remember what it feels like to be me. Mm-hmm. Right. Separate of all of the habits that yeah. that are holding me. And so in those moments where there is space, we ha- we have the opportunity to make choice. And I think that that that's what you're really alluding to. It's the power comes from the the awareness and make and you can always go back back to that pattern if it's your choice, but when it's not your choice and it's just a default, then it's something that can have power over you and you're not driving your own life. So Mm. Viktor Frankl has this amazing quote that says the space between stimulus and response, there is choice in that space. Mm. Mm -hmm. But when we're too close to it, there's no space. When we're too close to the thing that stresses us out, We don't have choices. And so creating space in your calendar, in your environment, right, can be something that allows you the power back to make a different choice if if there is a new choice that's serving you. And so this is something that actually happened to me in the past week. So I started with these changing these food patterns, right, because I realized that I was afraid of food. The Mm. patterns that I had chosen for my own health now became I'm afraid to eat something because I'm afraid it's going to make me fat or give me cancer or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, this isn't good. I need to be making these choices from love. So now I need to create some more flexibility. But we were we were in the grocery store, my my boyfriend and I, and I was talking to him about what my the next four months of my life look like, because I have just dropped all of my consulting clients except one and created a tremendous amount of space in my calendar because I I need to, I'm calling it my cocoon because it's time to do some work. It's time to create that space and create some new patterns for my business and for my life. And so I was talking to him about my schedule and I was like, gosh, you know, I cleared out all of this work, but my calendar's already full. And he's like, you, you can't do anything without your calendar. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? And he's like, you live your life by your calendar. You wouldn't know who you are if you didn't have a calendar. And I would, and he's, he's kind of a contrarian. He's (laughs) kind of a contrarian in general. And I was like, but, but, but if I didn't have a calendar, (laughs) what do you do when you get up in the morning? He's like, whatever you want. (laughs) And I was like, what a crazy concept. (laughs) Irene, what do you think about that? Oh, don't even. (laughs) I am the I am controlled by my calendar. My calendar dictates where I go, what I do, who I am, what I be. But the crazy thing is, and this this is what's so beautiful about what you're saying is we have we have more control than we think we do. And sometimes we've given too much control to something else. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And we miss the opportunity to take that back. Are we removing, are we removing the calendar? Did, who did you give it to? What is this, what is this new, this new arena that you're in? So I stood in the produce aisle Uh in like this catatonic state for like 10 minutes. (laughs) She's just sitting next to the avocados. Like, like, oh no. Talking to the lemon. I'm just like, who am I? Where am I? It really was because he got me, right? Like he got me. Yeah. 
And so I stood there and like, let it sink in. And I, and I had the awareness that there are people in this world who don't have 14 hours a day, calendar blocked and color coded that are happy. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I went home and I sat on the floor and cried a little. (laughs) And then I deleted everything from my non-consulting days. Wow. Except for this podcast. Well, anything that's (laughs) Yes, except for this podcast. You guys, otherwise I wouldn't have known where to be, right? I would have have been playing in the woods or something. One thing to do in all of the month of May. Everything else can go F itself. So yeah. how do you feel? And so when, when did this happen? This was last week, Friday night, Friday night and today's oh. Sunday. Yeah. So that's intense. So when, when, okay. And this is, this is perhaps this is an Irene-ism, but I always make these, like, I'll have like a crazy two weeks or three weeks or four weeks where I'll work like seven days a week, 14 hours to 18 hours a day. And then on a Friday night of the weekend that I have off, which is this weekend, I'll have the same, like, epiphany where it's like I have a weekend off I need to make all of my life choices within the next 48 hours and then I come up with these things and I'm like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna stop drinking I'm gonna go work out more I'm gonna like dye my own hair and then come Monday morning I'm like yeah I'm not gonna do any of those things I'm gonna fall back into the same patterns so from Friday to today how how have you have you decided that this is a true story like you're going to keep these these modifications to life or have you decided to fall back into what your pattern looks like it's, you you strike me as someone that is like able to make these sacrifices and not feel guilt or remorse over them but maybe that's just like the energy that i feel from you but not really what happens on the inside i've always been like an experimenter, right? Like if I'm going to try something, go all in and see what happens. And so when you're in that space of clarity, the most important thing to do is to take massive irreversible action. <laughs> I love that massive irreversible action. <laughs> I think, feel like that, that, that's the episode name of this. There you this, go. That's <laughs> it. We can John. <laughs> So whatever that is, right, if it's going out and buying the the hair dye, right, or, you know, going and making a public declaration on Facebook, but, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, but what is that massive irreversible action that you can take? And for me, it was literally going in and manually deleting every calendar Mm -hmm. block when I was in that space of clarity, because you're right, come Monday morning, I'm like, well, you know, I know how to do this 14 hour day, you know, okay, first wake up and and I got to work out and then I have to make my breakfast and then I have to meditate and then I have to shower. Mm-hmm. It's like every moment is, all, I, and what happens is I go, okay, well, I have seven minutes left to cuddle and, mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. and then I yeah. have to go and answer emails because I have 45 minutes to answer emails. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm always yeah. in what's next. I'm on the clock. Yeah. I'm literally on the clock. Listen, this is my life, right? <laughs> you don't have to go and take massive irreversible action on your business, but I, I'm recognizing that this is what I need right now in my journey in order to be able to create what's coming next. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. But when I come back from this experiment, then I have the ability to choose and go, yeah, maybe I will schedule you know, these, but I'm also going to keep some space. Yeah. So, and I, and I love that. And I, I want to just acknowledge that that takes a lot of courage to, mm-hmm. to make those changes, because I think a lot of times, you know, when you say things like, you know, create a decision that's irreversible, that is, that's making a decision and committing to it. So whether that is buying the the hair dye, you know, buying the box of hair dye, or whether that is like, or the I'm razor, get, whichever comes first or razor, which we've, <laughs> we've been trying to stop Irene from shaving her head for like a year and a half now. Um, but the idea being that 
we, I think we get into our own heads so much that it's like, we second guess if this is even a, a good decision, should I just go all in no floaties dive into the deep end and do it. And to your point, it's like, well, how will you ever know if you don't do it full out, which I, I want to commend you on that. I think that's huge. And many of us are guided by our calendars. I know I am. I wake up every morning and I check my, what am I supposed to do today? But the other part of it is we have to have this highlights reel on social media where people are constantly watching what we're doing. And so when we make a lot of these decisions, we certainly don't want to appear flippant, you know, um, Oh, this week I'm doing this, this week I'm doing that. But at the same time, a lot of those statements are things that create, um, you know, layers of, uh, authenticity and accountability for us. I, I want to commend you on that because I think it's, it's a, a scary place to be in. And it, it does take a lot of, um, you know, self-awareness and a lot of commitment to be able to do something like that. Well, I think it, it, for, I learned a technique years and years ago from Tony Robbins, and this is what I used on myself in that moment in the woods. And uh, so he calls it the Dickens process. If you've ever been to Unleash the Power Within, he takes an entire stadium of people through this process. And it's really stinking intense. And it's a neurolinguistic programming technique. And so when you're in this space of decision, should I do this or should I do that? Should I keep things the way they are or should I change them? Remember back in uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol, right? So mm -hmm. you have Ebenezer Scrooge. He has a moment where he gets to fast forward to the future and mm -hmm. see what happens to his life and everyone who knows him if he doesn't change. And that's what I did in the woods. We, we had this process of a guided meditation and I had never meditated before. I always thought that was for like hippies or Buddhists or, mm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> not practical people. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm here, right? I'm in the experiment of this childhood place. Let's do it. So we're supposed to go out in the woods by ourselves for an hour and carry an envelope. And so I'm walking in the woods and I find a little rock and they say, open the envelope when the time is right. So I sit down and I open this envelope and inside the envelope, it says, what do you need to let go of? And that's when I did that Dickens process on myself. And I fast forwarded in my mind, five years, 10 years, working at the pace that I was working, right, in the relationship that I was in, mm. all of the different patterns that were my life multiplied by five years and 10 years of consistent effort. And I did not like what I saw. And that was the moment that I made the choice and committed to that choice. So if you can do, do that to yourself and you can say, okay, am I going to make this choice or not? Go forward into the future and see what you see. Path A or path B. And then do, and then do whatever you got to do to hmm. jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and not take the stairs. Um, I, I absolutely love that. And, and I think that's such a beautiful exercise because again, a lot of us are living for, you wake up in the morning, what's in your calendar right now today that we oftentimes forget that there's, there's so much more, the, the habits and the patterns that you institute today are going to have a lasting effect on where you are in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, do you, I, I want to take a, a short pivot. Do you feel comfortable talking about your father? I do. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for asking. I want to, I want, do you mind just kind of sharing with our listeners about what that journey was like and where it brought you? Oh, that's a long and arduous journey. My father and I had a very complicated relationship. He suffered from bipolar disorder and depression, and his way of expressing love to me was very hot and cold, right? And so the, the, the strong side of this for me was that I learned how to intuit his moods to avoid his rage outbursts. And this is how we develop our skills as empaths is usually, you know, we talk from the beginning, how do you take 
how do you take something good out of a really bad situation? And it's, it's these skills that we develop in these moments that are so challenging that we can use to serve others and help others along the way. And so, you know, if we fast forward to when I was 19, my dad was in a motorcycle accident and he suffered a traumatic brain injury and he was never the same. And all of the light in him, once he, once he recovered, and I say that in quotes, cause he had to do, he had to live in a rehab facility for six months and learn, learn how to do everything. Um, all the light in him was gone. He lost his humor. He lost his joy, but what he never lost was his music. My dad was a drummer. And this was wild to me because when he woke up from his coma, he lost 15 years of his memory. He forgot that I was an adult. I was 19 at the time. My sister was 13. He forgot that she was alive. He forgot that his father had passed. He lost so much. But if he heard a song, he could tell you who's the name of the singer, who's the name of the drummer, when the when that song came out, what year it was, who he was with and where he was the first time he ever heard that song. Wow. The music never left him. And he taught himself how to play the drums again after mm-hmm. this traumatic accident where he couldn't walk and he was paralyzed on his left side. It, it was phenomenal to watch how music helped aid in his recovery. And So dealing with my father, you know, post-accident for our family was really, really challenging because all the darkness in him was just amplified. There was a lot of rage for his situation, and my parents ended up having to get divorced. And I was there with him toward the end. And I remember going to see my dad in the hospital and having the the final conversation with him. And he had so many regrets, but I told him that 50% of him was me and that that gets to be what he leaves behind. And so he, he did okay. (laughs) He did okay. And so I carry my dad with me now. What was really special about saying goodbye to him was that I understood that his brain, his body, and his nervous system were limited in their capacity to love me the way that his soul wanted to because of the trauma that he experienced from his father and his father's father. But now he's free from his body. And I feel his love so pure and unconditional. And it's with me all the time. It's a very special love story, one that has inspired me to songwrite again and really begin to pursue my career as a musician, which is what a lot of this cocooning time this summer is about. It's about me going back and creating space to make music together. I'm, I keep looking over here. It's He's, um, he's always with me. <laughs> this is my dad's uh motorcycle cap that he always rode with wow so i have it next to my desk to remind me that life is short and i don't want to live my life with any regrets Mm. and that love is what it's all about at the end of it all that's really special wow and thank thank you for sharing sharing that that. thank you amazing um <laughs> wow. As I scratch my hives. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like, you know, that I think a lot of people can um whether it be a family member that's lost or still present, um a lot of people can really relate to both of your experiences. I mean, you it sounds like you both have had very different experiences when it comes to your fathers, but you align in that same, you know, now that your your dad's passed, I can't even imagine what that must feel like. It like chokes me up just to think about it. Um, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that listen to this that have something very similar that has happened to them. So yeah, it's nice that you both um, can share 
how this has changed your lives internally and externally, because there are a lot of people that can't talk about this stuff just yet, or they're working through some stuff internally. Um, so I'm so proud of both of you really am. I, I find grief really sacred. It's such a personal journey for everyone Mm -hmm. because grief is love. That's what it, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Every time you experience it, right. Every time I hear his voice in my mind, um, because I grieve the person that he was and I grieve the person that he wasn't and the person that he will never get to be. And, Mm -hmm. And every moment, that is beautiful. There is sadness because he's not here to share or experience. It is, it is ongoing. It, you know, you, you, you never, you never recover. You can't go back. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to, um, because my heart has healed so much through this process of pain there's, you're, you're absolutely right. There's so much beauty and there's so much pain in all of that. And that's the dichotomy of it. Um, but what you, what you've done has just created such a beautiful space for so many of us to feel comfortable in being uncomfortable in our grief. Um, and what I love that you did after your father passed was you really started to dive into your passion for music. Um, and I, I don't know, was your, was your father a, a big part of that because of his, he was, he was. And I think it was, um, I did not get to sing at his bedside and I wanted that so much because he loved my voice and he passed the night before I was supposed to get to him. Mm-hmm. I think because he didn't want me to to be there. I I really believe that he did it on purpose. (laughs) Um, And that was an act of love for him. But I, I sing for him. That's, and that becomes part of his legacy. And again, it's how do you make something beautiful out of something that is, that is dark and painful. And it's by opening yourself up to it and, and creating space to ask how, how can I, yeah. And do you mind telling the happily ever after part of the story? Oh, about the love, the love. That, oh, yeah. So, I love to talk about love because I have had so much pain. <laughs> I mean, when we talk, so I have this quote that says, uh, and if you have, uh, I'll bleep myself for the purposes of this recording. If you're no, you can no, oh, say it no, okay. for it. So you, if <laughs> yeah. you have kids, you know, in the car, just turn the volume down. Um, but uh, allow your shit to become your fertilizer. Ooh, to help you. <laughs> I like that. Allow your shit to become your fertilizer. And, and so I'm actually writing a book on love. Um, my, my first book is coming out uh, on self-hypnosis. It's called Try Self-Hypnosis. Try self-hypnosis.com if you want to pre-order I'm so excited Amazing. to birth a book, baby. But I, <laughs> I started another book and it's about love. And it it it's basically my little black book of all of the. <laughs> all That's of- awesome. <laughs> I want to write one. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and also I wrote some, I always used my creativity to process all of the luck that was going on. So I, I have these volumes and volumes of poetry that I've written through all these different relationships that I've had in my life. And so I'm going to weave it through the stories and it's going to be cool. Um, But when I, when I think about everything that I've been through, the greatest love story is the love story of my father and the love story of finding how to love myself through all of that. Because when I was able to love him for all of the dark parts of him and forgive him, uh, it really allowed me to have so much more compassion and love for myself. And that created space to call in the greatest love. And that is Javier. (laughs) When my dad died, I wrote him a song 
to honor his life. And it's a rock and roll song. And I can't wait to release it soon. Um, it's being mixed right now. And I wrote this rock and roll song. And my friend who's a musician said, I want you to come to L.A. so that we can create this song. Like, let's let's book a studio. Just get out here. Like, we'll do it. So I flew to L.A. and I walk into the recording studio and at the desk there, the studio engineer for the day, his name was Javier. And the drummer gets in and the drummer starts warming up. Right. And I start to get like really emotional, like these waves of like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind because that sound of the drums was in my home yeah. my entire life. And so I go into the bathroom to just like cold water, like get it under control. And I see a stack of magazines on the counter and on the top stack, it says Mitch Mitchell which is my dad's name. No way. Wow. Apparently he and Jimi Hendrix drummer had the same name. Yeah. Wow. So I got chills and I was like, dad, are you here? So like we go, we finish the session for the day and Javi says, Oh, can you drive me to Santa Monica? I was like, yeah, sure. So we get in the car, we're talking, you know, getting along really well. And he's like, have you ever been here before? Do you want to go walk around? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we walk and we talk for hours and now it's dark and the moon is up and we end up on the beach in Santa Monica and the waves are crashing behind me. And this beautiful Colombian man just grabs me and kisses me. And that was the beginning. And now we live together and we have been making music together uh, through COVID, but I think my dad was our matchmaker. They really do. So beautiful. I wow. love that. <laughs> I Very love that. Cool. And truly it, it is amazing. I've, I've, you know, uh, been witness to, to you and, and Javi and the amazing music that you two have made together. And it's, uh, what a beautiful way to celebrate your dad and to celebrate the fact that love is love is love. Right. Yeah. So I, I that's have, just I have incredible. a question. Go for it. I have one, one final question. How did you get into dental? Like what, yeah. what is, what, what I'm, I'm waiting for that story. It's like, oh, and then my dad was a dentist or like some, something like, but like how, how, who, what, where, when, why, and how, I mean, I'm sure that's a long story, but like, when did that happen and what, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a musical theater actress. Okay. That's how I got out of my teeny tiny little Florida town. I got accepted to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and moved to New York City when I was 18. Six months after I graduated from school, I ran out of money because I couldn't get work as an actor. And I had a lot of student loan debt and I ended up getting kicked out of my apartment because I couldn't pay my rent and sleeping on couches. So I, I essentially became homeless. And I was sleeping on a couch in Queens in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and they didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, and it was a New York City summers with no AC is not a hot, and it's not a good look. And it wasn't even a full couch. It was this little like two seater. So my legs were like curled up and this was my life. And I'm like, what? How far have I fallen? <laughs> what is going on? What am I going to do? And so I, I had this moment where I couldn't sleep because it was too hot, where I would stay up all night, like clutching a Ziploc bag full of ice cubes and <laughs> thinking about my life. And I was like, I have to pick a different career right now. Uh, what could I do? And I don't know if it was because I had recently played Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) But there was a voice inside of me that said, go be a dentist. dentist." I was like, oh, okay. I think I need to be a dentist. (laughs) And my friends were like, are you, are you nuts? Like, no, really, are you nuts? And I was like, no, you guys, it makes sense. I have nice teeth. 
I want to help people. I'm good at math and science. Dr. Mitchell sounds really nice. I could do this. I could do this. So a friend of mine was like, why don't you go work in a dental office and see if you like it? (laughs) Pretty good advice. So I found an office in New York that was willing to let me work for free because I didn't have any experience. And I started at their front (laughs) desk. And that was the beginning. I ended up being their marketing director a few weeks later, even though I had no experience in marketing. And we doubled in size in the first year because of all the new patients. And and that was really the beginning of my dental career. I figured out pretty fast I don't want to be a dentist. Mm -hmm. But that... I was, I was pretty good at growing practices and, and that was the, that was the beginning of the, the dental journey. It's amazing. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. Very Very cool. cool. All of this is very cool, Katrina. I think, but unfortunately I think it's time. Tis, tis time. It's time. Unfortunately. Do you know know what time it is? Holly, do you go by Holly or Holly Ann? You can call me Holly. Holly Ann Mitchell is the whole. That's what my mama calls me. Um, Do you know what time it is? Is it, is it two third dare time? (gasps) Wow. She knows. Oh, oh, Muller. Yeah. I've been spilling my guts all all this time. So I don't know. Yeah. It it could get a lot juicier. Let me tell you. So it is time. It is the time because we are called the Tooth and Dare podcast for a reason. So Katrina and I will do a visually and virtually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors, and then the loser will go up against you and you can decide whether you accept or dish a tooth or a dare. Mm -hmm. So um, shall we we prep our fingers, Katrina? Have you been doing your exercises? I've been, yeah, I've been rehearsing this because I've been losing every week. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing my stretches all morning. So in, in oh, while Katrina and I do our stretches, the rest of you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Hygienist. And you can follow Madam Holly Ann Mitchell. She's got a couple of things. She's got hollyannmitchell.nyc and also at Lead Wellness Net, Well Network. Is that correct? At Lead, Lead Well, well Network. Network. Yeah, Lead That's Well it. Network is my dental and hollyannmitchell.nyc is my her personal. Holly music and hypnosis place to be we'll link all of that fun stuff including your email and stuff below if anyone wants to reach out and um i i, I encourage people to to reach out to send messages and dms if, yeah. if anything that is said on a podcast resonates with you i mean it's always nice to get feedback from you peeps yeah so katrina so good okay fingers are you ready katrina i'm ready okay, i'm ready. nervous okay okay ready <laughs> rock paper, paper. scissors shoot Oh, I have, I am the loser. You all Irene is the loser. So it is, it is up against you and I, Holly, would you like to accept or dish? If you accept a tooth, it's done immediately. If it's a dare, then it's shot and thrown up on social media within seven days of the episode. I'll take a, I'll take a dare. Oh, oh. wow. I'm in a daring kind of mood. Yeah, this is good. Okay. You play any instruments? I just started to learn to play the piano. Javi okay. plays the guitar, though. He does. And does he? Holly Ann Mitchell is an amazing vocalist and songwriter. I was going to say, okay, so this, so my dare for you is to come up with a 30-second rendition of your experience on the Tooth or Dare podcast and sing it. All right. So you pick the genre of whatever makes you feel that it best represents <laughs> us on the show. And uh, and you got to do it for like less than a minute so that we could post it on our Instagram. Uh, I recommend 30 seconds, but that's two stories worth. But whatever, whatever you want, whatever we if you want to go for 15 minutes straight, we'll post it as an IGTV like you do you. But I would like you to uh, dig into how you felt in this whole sharing on the podcast experience. Awesome. I like it. it. That's Done. a good one, I mean. Done. Woohoo. Okay. All right. Well, uh, tune into at toothandare.podcast peeps to watch this dare go down. Holly, thank you so much for being with us here today. We appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. What an amazing space. Oh, thank you. You're wonderful. I can't thank wait you. to meet you in real life one day. That'd be really cool. Oh, she's the best.
Okay, everyone. Until next time, um, peace out, beeps. Cheers. Bye-bye. And we're back on the flip side <laughs> from the flippity flip on the flippity flip with our friend Holly and Mitchell, who was a really cool person. And I've never met anyone whose favorite color is orange before. Yeah, I just I realized that. Yeah, no, but it, it suits her. Like I look at all of her like Instagram photos. It's because she's got like the bright red lip and the blonde hair and the blue eyes. She's just a beautiful soul inside and out. She and is. of course, her favorite color is orange. <laughs> right. Yes. Totally. She's awesome. Well, I need to make some life changes and choices. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think I think we all listen to something like that and we're like, okay, noted. Making changes, but um, right. like I'm so un- I'm so I was so uncomfortable during that episode that I was fidget like I fidget with stuff and I'm uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable now thinking back to that episode that I've like completely oh destroyed. Oh my gosh, you mutilated the, the, that. I mutilated my sharpie pen um, because I feel uncomfortable because like I understand that where she was because I am there and I don't know how to like delete stuff from my calendar. I know. I was having this conversation with Chris actually yesterday and he was feeling kind of like overwhelmed too and and it was like why do we do this to ourselves? Like why do we like accept more meetings than we can take Mm -hmm, to the mm -hmm. point where we can't like follow through with those meetings? It's like we take 17 meetings that all end up having a task at the end and you're like holy shit like how am I supposed to do all of those tasks that came out of that meeting if I have another meeting starting right after? Well and I thought about that too even just like with like and I don't mean to say boomers versus millennials or anything like that, but I think with technology, with us having Zoom right at our fingertips, like right. for us to be able to do meetings, I took a meeting yesterday in the car. I was on Zoom. I had my Air, AirPods in and I was literally like going for driving from one meeting to another in a meeting. Yeah. There's no right. way before like all of this technology that we could have done any of that. You know, the people right. like you're in Canada, the people you're doing business with are all over the world. Right. Um, and it's it's the expectation of how we maximize our time has been just, you know, exponential with how quickly things get done, how fast paced we are that I think we miss the opportunity to slow down. And and um, and I think that's what uh, Holly shared so beautifully is that it's like, what are we what are we doing all of this for? And I want to go to that camp. I don't know, I know. if this is I don't know <laughs> if this is a thing, but I know like now everything's closed, travel's closed, like camp's closed. But like, do we do a tooth or dare excursion? Like a retreat of sorts? Hot take. Do we do a tooth or dare excursion to this? Like, yes. are you supposed to go there alone where you don't know anyone um, so that you're not like socializing? Well, I think that like, because I will say, first of all, if you and I were there together, either we would get into a lot of trouble, we'd probably get yelled at, or we would probably talk shop, even though we're not supposed right. to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, how, how do yeah. you not? How do you do that? How do you not do that? But at the same time, I think that it's, it is it is important to find those opportunities to, to maybe decompress. Maybe we do a different type of excursion. Well, I think it'd be but, fun to get like some fun T or D alumni, like the dental yogis. Like, let's go with them. Cool. And yeah. <laughs> Irene gets Irene has her first dose of her of her vaccine scheduled for today and she's, she's ready to travel. travel. <laughs> ready to go. Whoa, pack right, bag. Okay, everyone. We'll catch you on our Instagram to watch this dare go down at toothordare.podcast. Um we're gonna cut this one short for today. Mm-hmm. And because it's a long episode and we love y'all. Um okay, until next time. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. My mom has this recurring dream that she's a hot dog. <laughs> What?